listen to this. I suspect that if Trump walked across Lake Malax, Mr. Wesling added, Mr. Wesling is from Princeton, Minnesota, the media would announce, the media would announce Trump can't swim. Trump has averaged 87% job approval from fellow Republicans in his second year in office. And during the past two weeks, his approval rating hit 90% with Republicans. And I wanted to read one other thing. Well, basically what it was saying is that um, for Republicans who said that moral issues and an ethical, basically good president character was most important to them, that has now dropped to 17%. What's that? 17%. Wow. Caring about his character and the type of person he is and the way he represents the country. That's mind-boggling to me how that's even possible. I mean, just what, I don't know. I mean, I grew up evangelical. They're human beings as well as everybody else, you know. It's just hard to see the folks. I mean, I was surprised that Franklin Graham did call President Allen on how he treated the children. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's rare. It's so. it's rare. Yes. Yeah. Something you said, Jay, that kind of stood out to me was uh, reading from Matthew. Is it Matthew twenty-five? The, yeah. Um, it's like I feel like you could kind of just rephrase it, like you know, any I came to you as a child and you ripped me from my mother. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can. It's those blanks are there, I think, to be filled in. I don't think that's yeah. distorting anything. No. To say, you know. No, not at all. Yeah, like you're. I, I just feel like I can't really speculate about the afterlife of hell and all that. Which there's a lot of symbolism in there, and there's speaking into the the Greek perception of Hades and all that. But like, I just feel like, according to their narrative, people who are justifying this stuff through the lens of Christianity and this distorted view of you know of Jesus they're in their narrative they'll be standing before God or before Christ after they die and they'll be like um yeah I was that little kid who you said I had it coming because their parents tried to bring them in you know right. to a better life and you ripped me away from my parents like I was with Mary and Joseph trying to cross you know, into into Galilee from Nazareth, right? And you ripped me from my parents, right? You know, and they'll be like, right. "Oh, what? What are you doing?" But the old, you know, but this, you broke the law. Yeah, but you broke the law. Like I didn't. He's like, like I didn't write that law. You I guys, was going to say it wasn't his law. law. Yeah. Right. You know. Right. Well, and you know, Herod is the one who sent the soldiers to kill all of the mm. two-year-old and under mm-hmm. boys in the Bethlehem point. area. And what was what was he driven by? Paranoia. That's good. Oh, man. That's a good call. Yeah. I wonder what faction of, uh, you know, political zealots were, were backing Herod's decision to, to kill all the 
two-year-olds and younger, you know? Well, it was the Jews who said, you know, he's he's upsetting the people. Right. He's upsetting the status quo. Mm-hmm. The other, on the other hand, and I guess I think of this as a little bit hopeful, and maybe it, you could think of it as not hopeful, but I feel like this is brought to us by the same people who brought us the Crusades, mm. who say, you know, this is what God wants, this is God's voice, you know, America's God's chosen nation, yeah. and, you know, they completely overlook the fact that we slaughtered the indigenous people. Yeah to take land for, for white men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's not the first time that people have been completely deceived. The other thing is, you know, even if people take Matthew 25 and say, um, well, Jesus was only talking about his brothers, you know, how you treat other Christians, mm-hmm. yeah. probably 99% of the people trying to cross the border are Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They so believe in Christ, that. so that's not an excuse. Yeah. I'm kidding. But I still think hope lies in conversation. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm quiet today. No, you're just not. This is depressing as, as shit, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Upsetting. Yeah. It needs to be talked. You're right, though. It needs to be talked about. Like, it's just like it's just so huge. Yeah. Like, where do you take the first bite? Where do you start? You know, like what? Well, I think you start by how you treat people. Yeah. And just maybe having honest conversations with people who are spouting the rhetoric. Yeah. Well, and and remember, I mean. There were some conservatives who spoke out and threatened. I was reading a New Yorker article today, and they threatened their representatives. It's like, this isn't right. Yes, they did. You know, and and that's why this law changed, is because there were some people who were, like, saying, we're not going to vote you back in. If you don't deal with them? Yeah, if you don't deal with this separation of these children and the parents. So there's something that did cross some party lines. You know, I don't know what this all this continued support is, but I know that there were people are just letting the mistake slide by now that he signs that it's no longer kosher to separate the children from the parents, I guess his supporters are letting it slide now. But when did that happen? Do you know? When did he sign that? Late last week. It was just last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just like a couple days ago. But then right after that, he made some other announcement about how he's going to stop all immigration. He doesn't want any immigration into our country and we want only, we want to do it by merit so that we only get the very best people and not the criminals and the least people. So it's no longer based on need and sanctuary. It's based on the smartest, best people. That is just, um, yeah, disgusting. That's ugly. Good God. Even, like you were saying, even using their logic, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, like, it doesn't. Okay, so, you know, you... We're, 
where did your parents come from? And, you know, where did your blood come from? Like, oh, we're white, so we're obviously, we're American natives, Native mm-hmm. American. Like, no, we're not. Like, what are you talking about? Like, if you chase down this line of logic, it's not logic. Right, it's not. It just falls apart. Right. And we're not saying anything new here. You know, like, we're not coming up with some new t- hot take on <laughs> why you should not tear apart families. It's just right. like, why are we even having this discussion right now? Where are we? What is this? But see, people would say, what about my family? These people are coming in and taking jobs from us and from our children, and, you know, they're getting benefits that my children... I mean, I think it's more appealing to a sense of entitlement that wasn't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. It's entitlement, yeah. But the problem is that, you know, the fact that immigrants are coming into the country, that's not the reason that people are losing their jobs. Mm. It's because it's a digital economy and yeah. industry isn't the basis of the right. economy anymore. And, you know, you can't revive coal mines because coal isn't our source of... Right. Our source of energy. It's that, it's that old, you know, scapegoat thing, which we've seen... It is. ...in pretty recent history. It's and it got awful ugly. Like, they're the reason for our problems. They're the reason... They're the ones. We'll get rid of them and everything will be better. And it won't because nothing will change no. in that regard. It'll just make things worse. Right. Right. I don't know. I don't know either. This is time to fight. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know, you, you March think. and walk with people. Where are the prophetic voices out there? I've seen some good people doing some good things, like Doug Patch and some other people like that here in in Minnesota, Mm -hmm. speaking out loudly. What's the guy's name? Mark Mancinewicz with the Center for for Prophetic Imagination. Yeah. What is that? Um, It's, I don't know an awful lot about it. My friend Josh, um, Josh and Angela, they're really into him. They... Josh used to go to seminary with, or he's maybe he was his professor at seminary or something. But now, um, you know, it's, it's definitely it's not. It is a maybe a faith-based organization, but it's not necessarily Christian-based. But um, yeah, they're just their definition of prophecy is like speaking truth to power, sort of thing. Well, that's what prophecy yeah. is. So that's kind of what they're doing there. And uh, there's yeah, speaking out about stuff that needs to be called out, I guess. Yeah. I believe they're in Minneapolis. Well, no. Yeah. And Jay, would you consider going into the prisons here? What? The prisons. But I consider and speaking. going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've spoken in prisons before. I would love to do something mm. and have a conversation with the inmates because no one listens. Yeah. Oh. And that's. Matthew 25 again, I was in prison and you visited me. It's just so obvious. This is, why are we even having this discussion? This is a nightmare. Yeah. When do we wake up? Yeah. Well, I don't know that... I don't know that it's going to get... I don't think that it doesn't look like it. I hope it will. But you just have to keep being who you are and believing in Christ and trying to be Christ-like yeah. and 
affecting people internally. Yeah. We have solutions, but we have. I mean, we have solutions, but we just. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll stumble on them. Yeah. There were only twelve disciples. <laughs> there were a little cadre of yeah. Christ followers, and they weren't particularly notable people. No, not at all. They didn't even get along with each other. No. <laughs> week a post-christian production